0: You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at Nerdtonomedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM.
1: This is 92.5 Phoenix FM. Community radio for Dublin 15. Everybody, it's J.B. Jeremy Borash, and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Right, everybody, welcome back to uh the Wrestling Rewind here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, the two-pinny channel, Nerds, Media, and every single uh pla- platform that you can think of. My name is Darrell Connor, and I'm joined by my co-host. you do yourself there, Martin Herty, How's things? Hey Martin, it's good to have you on, man. Welcome back to the show. Good to be
0: back. Thanks for having me.
1: No worries. Uh, I think it's going to be yourself, myself, this week, so obviously get this out of the way. Hashtag Save Dave. And uh <laughs>
0: more, more 1990s WCW for me and you. Oh yeah, man.
1: Like I have to say it's been a while since I've gone back and watched uh, watched Starcade 1998. And it's just like well one it's kind of weird because you have to reset your mind to watching WCW where you're like Starcade is actually the end of the year. and we're so conditioned that like the year resets in the middle of March. Yeah. the WWE so I was like oh yeah this actually does make a lot of sense but like before we get into the show and obviously there's a lot there is a lot to talk about it like w- I have a feeling I know the answer to this but what is the what's your background to WCW like were you watching it growing up or did you go back so, to I, it or I
0: mean very young I was initially really confused by WCW because right. we didn't have Skay or anything like I live out in oh, the right, backyard right, right. beyond so my wrestling came from getting old tapes from the, the library in Cross McGlenn. Uh, but sure, they were all tapes from like the 80s. And right. so like I used to watch wrestling like that. And then the next thing, one day out of the blue, wrestling suddenly appeared on UTV. Hmm. And it was WCW, which I'd never heard of, but Hulk Hogan was on it. So I was just completely confused. That's fair. Now, how I
1: discovered WCW was very similar. But I used to go over to the states a lot because my uncle's over there, so we go over and see him every year or so, you know. Uh, and I was the Celtic Tiger as well, so you could do those things, <laughs> 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 um, you know. Compared to now, which is you know even without COVID, but um, lucky to afford the bus. Oh, li- literally, right? So we'd go over and I'd be I'd be exposed to like ECW and WCW as well, but I'd also get some tapes because my we had sky but we then we didn't but my grandmother would also record them for me and my cousin would record them for me so uh i get a bunch of WCW tapes and yeah as you said you'd be familiar with some of it some of it you wouldn't because it wasn't like on tap then it appeared in utv but it was also on sky now it moved around a lot of channels so bravo was the last one that was on and bravo was where i watched the majority of it from like this period until it stopped i can fundamentally remember that the last episode of wcw nitro being on at the same time as raw even tape delay it was like a friday night i was like this is so weird that they timed it up that well and it wasn't it was just that's when raw was on and that's when uh, bravo had it on as well so i think like for our american listeners it was a bit of a. It's always been a challenge to what to be a wrestling fan in, in the UK and Ireland, right? Where it's on really late at night, but then trying to what find the channels and stuff like that. It was ridiculous. But WCW was one that I always kind of liked a little bit more um, at certain points than WWE. Like the new generation stuff, I never really liked even as a kid. So being able to see that WCW stuff was cool, uh, but around this time, I remember it always being kind of meh because uh, WWE was so good. You know, like, 1998 uh, was, like, the, the peak of the actually era going into, like, 1999. But, um yeah, man, I'd just like to get that out of the way, you know? Yeah, uh, you
0: know, like, I, I completely agree. A lot of, particularly with what you're saying about the um new generation, but I, I, I'm a Bret Hart guy, so I, I, have, I have a lot of leeway. <laughs> like, I'll let the new generation away with a lot of stuff as long no, as you're giving that... me you know Brett at the end of
1: it yeah no that's fair no and I do understand that like it it makes sense like there was something there for you if you like Brett Hart and Shawn Michaels for me I I wasn't a big fan of either really to be honest with you um I know I know I know (laughs) but uh but WCW had just like more of like an like not an edge because obviously as an eight-year-old you don't really care about the edge but it was just more like just seemed cooler, you know, with the NWO and then, like, I was never like Hogan, but I did like Hall and Nash. And just what they were doing was really cool, you know. I just had that appeal. I remember going over to the... I remember going over to Florida as a kid, about nine or ten years, and NWO was everywhere. Like, you could just walk into one of their, like, their outlet malls and just get NWO shirts. Like, I had one for years, like a Wolfpack shirt for years. And obviously, none of that stuff ever came over here. Like,
0: yeah, you,
1: I don't think you could ever get, like, an NWO shirt. So, it's weird that like WCW was so skewed to not really cross over as much.
0: Well, one of the things I got from what, and one of the things I really liked about Starcade talking about the show overall was there was a genuine feel. It wasn't very overproduced. It wasn't very polished, but there was a genuine big fight feel about the whole thing. Like I really did feel um, And I really get into that. I like that sort of grittier um, element of it. And, yeah and the other thing is like WCW quite rightly gets really maligned for the late 99 naughties stuff where it just completely went up its own arse and fell apart but a lot of that was to do with the the top card like the the you know the top few guys wCW consistently through the 90s had an amazing undercard particularly in terms of the cruiser weights you know the uh, the guys who I mean, I, th- I think the only reason they got away with doing what they were doing was because nobody in the company was really paying attention to them. They were like, that's to, what happened. Uh, Hogan and Nash, and yeah, these guys happened. were yeah. left to their own devices, and they built a frigging brilliant division.
1: But here's the thing, right? So I'm not going to sit here and say like every single solitary match on this was good, because that's not true. There's like three to four matches on this, which you could just take out and you'd be grand. But yeah. The ones that you did sit down and watch were very enjoyable. And overall, there was no point in it where you're like, oh, I kind of wasted like two and a half hours or whatever, or three hours. She didn't like I look, I, and even to today, I still like shows to have that kind of ebb and flow to them where it starts off like a cruiserweight or good tag match, builds into like a cool undercard, uh, mid card thing. And then your main event is your main event because it has that, as you said, big match feel. And yeah, like Kevin Ash and Goldberg. The match itself was—I well, look—it was a match itself,
0: but it felt huge, you know. They it, it didn't have to do much, like no. the crowd was. But like, and I know you're not a you're not a fan, but what I will say is the um, one of the reasons that I'm a big AEW fan is because yeah. I think it carries on that attitude that it's yeah. not perfect, and when it's bad, it's dreadful. But when yeah. it's good, it's amazing. And um, you know what? And that's it. And I would say that AEW.
1: Very much is like the spirit holder of WCW. It feels like WCW for better and worse, as you said. Like, you know, when it's bad, it's bad. When
0: it's mm. good, it's great. But when it's bad, it, it's really bad. You know, it is. And I, I admit that. But yeah, what gets me is that I think, I don't know if it's as a wrestling fan, just conditioned to drama, but I think I would prefer that rather than a show that was just consistent three stars. You know, I'll yeah. take a four-star opener and then some dreadful nonsense. Like, Dynamite this week was amazing. Like, almost end-to-end, it was amazing. But then they had a bloody match with Vicky Guerrero in it. Vicky Guerrero in it. Just...
1: See, I think it's wrestling. Like, like, WWE. See, okay, right. That would have happened in the Attitude there 100%. And when, when, when we're covering it more, that would have happened. Right? Or even in the Rootless Aggression era but like modern WDB is so as you said I think it is just like the wrestling is phenomenal and the guys who are there are like out of this world good but they're not allowed to do anything they're just allowed kind of like yeah do these these little things in WCW it was the same kind of thing where you had these great cruiser stuff like that and they would go and have this phenomenal match out of
0: nowhere but like no one would care because they'd all be there see the you know But,
1: Uh, but that's
0: also kind of how that division got so good because like the 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 sort of movers and shakers in the company, you know, didn't even think about the lower card. So yeah, yeah. they they weren't telling them what to do. Those lads went and did their own thing and they like it is one of the most underrated divisions in all of wrestling is lower card WCW in the in the 90s. But see that's it's kind of cliche to say that. Yeah.
1: Out of nowhere, right? But when you actually go back and watch it, that exists for a reason. Like here's here's one for you that hit me today, right? So, the first match opens up and it's Rey Mysterio, uh, Juven Guerrero and Billy Kidman, right? Yeah. In WWE, they uh, I'm not going to do the comparison all night, but it, it does was it right? The cruiserweight division in, in WWE and the heavyweight division never really mattered, really. It never felt important. But what's crazy about this was that that match and what went on in it and the storyline around it with Eddie Guerrero coming out, that felt like an actual thing. They were feuding over a belt, which to someone, you know, in a different division or a different company wouldn't matter. But that made it feel huge. It made it feel important. I to say, like, It made sense. You know, they were in there and they were telling a pretty good story. And, you know, I did enjoy the fact that, well, it was probably because I had a lot of the NWO offshoots and this was with the LWO and that kind of stuff. But what I appreciated was, one, you had like, you know, Mysterio in his prime. Uh, Eddie Guerrero in his prime as well, and uh, you know, really, really good matches. I've never seen Ray Mysterio as a heel in a long time. Well,
0: yeah, well, he was kind Heared of weird. same. Yeah. Yeah, maybe during the triple threat, but then he, he obviously went back to to face whenever uh, Guerrero came out. Um, yes. But I mean, if if we've if we've moved on to to this first match, man, I love this. Uh, what what I will say about this show is that. It started off on fire like mm. this match, and then the subsequent kind um, of in, impromptu match was brilliant. And then after that, man, it hit a slump until yes. uh, Jericho and Conan came out, yeah. and then it picked back up right yeah. to the end.
1: Yeah, but that's that's my in short review of it too. it, yeah. it, it, it started off on fire, <laughs> died a death for about forty minutes, and then came back red oh. hot.
0: Do you know what what, what I thought? The first thing I thought whenever it was over was because when it was done, I saw that I was watching a DVD. I I saw the uh, timeline on the DVD and it said two hours and 44 minutes. And I was looking at that going, that would have been an amazing two hour Mm -hmm. pay-per-view. So Cut out that. 40 odd minutes in the middle and that pay-per-view would have been fire from start to finish but well, before we get into it uh, on
1: on top where were you watching a wdb release did you have the wwe dvd or
0: how were you watching it i had a a dvd just happened to have it so i have a kind of a mishmash of different uh dvds i like like a lot of people i sort of fell out of wrestling yeah. And um, then when, when I moved to Cork, I joined a wrestling company down there and I started training and that kind of got me back in. So I would land into like the CEX and raid them for all the old uh, old DVDs I could find. and It was just pure coincidence that in the middle of my best of WCW and, you know, Clash of Champions 88, I just happened to have Starcade 98.
1: That's gas. Yeah, no, I was watching it on the network there today. Um, it's been a while since I've like I, I think I have it as like a, a dual set, but I might have given it away because again I was the same thing I gave away a bunch of my DVDs and stuff. But the network is grand. Um, answer me this: Since you were watching the, w, the the DVD, was Jericho's music his old music or was it his current music that he had like inserted in? No, I was really
0: surprised. It was the um, so I, I didn't know this before. It was his um. Uh, 3, to 1, G That music Yeah, but yeah. I thought that was his WWF I, I, I assumed there was some sort of Copyright issue around that, I didn't know he carried That over from, yeah, uh, from WCW
1: Yeah, initially he had different music And then they changed it And it was, yeah, it was a WWE music, which was I don't think they changed it when it when he arrived Because if you watch the first time he debuts And it comes with it It's, it's pretty much the same but then it obviously changes because there are little bits of it. But. Is that
0: the... I can't think of another... Is that the only case where someone went from one company to another and kept their music? I think so. Well, CM Punk.
1: The Cult Personality. Oh, that was, that was his... That was his. That would be oh, the only... Okay. Fun, that, like, that was his in but he, Ring of Honor. Did,
0: he knew that band, didn't he? And they were, like, happy for him to... Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he used that in... in wcw uh daniel O'Brien used his current team as well um but i mean like that was after a couple of years but well, daniel bryan wasn't that was straight from the get-go but i mean like in that sense yeah i think it's like the first time that they moved wholesale it's, over yeah well, it's, well, it's very even, rare
0: anyway
1: you know it's well I, you know it's like the, you say with sandman maybe but then like his music gets cut like in, automatically from all WWE releases. Yeah, uh, but it's
0: it's like when I was talking earlier about how I discovered WCW, like it just sort of came on UTV TV and Hulk Hogan was there, but I didn't know. So I'm sitting watching this as a kid, and then Hulk Hogan walks out, and I'm waiting for down, 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 yep. down, and down, down, doesn't... down, and it doesn't. And I'm looking at it going, have I? Tripped into some sort of parallel universe. <laughs> well, kind
1: of, you did. Yeah, that's what that's what WCW ninety four was like—a weird version of WWE with better wrestling. You <laughs>
0: know, except for Bret Hart. Like, well,
1: except yeah, except for Bret Hart. I will except for Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and uh, Owen Hart, who are single handedly
0: keeping the whole thing going in WWE. Well, well, now now you've mentioned Owen Hart. That is. One, I'm sorry, I don't mean to drag things off, of course, but that is one other thing that hit me a bit about watching this pay-per-view. They're talking about Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, They have Bam Bam Bigelow in the show. Chris Benoit was around at the time.
1: Yeah, they mentioned... Bret the Hart, fan Hart fan was
0: still wrestling. Owen was alive. I mean, man, there was there was a a, a moment watching this Obviously, I, mean, I, I didn't know any of them, but I think when you're a wrestling fan, you get really invested in it. And there was a moment watching this where it hit me just how many of these guys are gone, and it was just genuinely like, oh, "Jesus!" If, even Bobby
1: the
0: brain brain Bobby the whole way through, he's talking and uh, no,
1: Mean Gene as well.
0: Mean, G- oh, and and, and I'll crazy. tell you one thing about Mean Gene is that guy from from he was like in his prime in WWF to whenever they dragged it out in wcw he never lost a step he was no. uh, amazing on that microphone
1: It was a weird carryover like and you know uh, one thing i you know with the production obviously i think it kind of ties into the point as well like um wwf production and WCW production is night and day like there's no way you're watching one and you don't know which one you're watching you know like they, they look very different and they they sound very different like Obviously Jay Orm and um King are like you know the best, right? Yeah for a lot absolutely. of people. And I would say that that's a you know a, a very like, common opinion. Um but I really like Bobby De Bruyne-Heen and uh you know when he's not just railing someone or going off on, on a tangent, but I love Tony Schiavone. I think oh. Schiavone is great. But having Tony Shavani, uh Mike Tene, who's always been great, um, and Bobby the Brain has a three-man booth. Right, you got to give, you give AEW a go. you got JR and Tony Schiavone. Here's the thing. I, that's why I watched it initially. And then Cody came out and hit Triple H's throne. And I was like, well, fuck this. I, <laughs> I was
0: like... I know, maybe this is controversial. I love that. And uh, I love when they take a jab at them. Maybe it's because I've... Uh... So, like, to, personally, I would be like a socialist... And right. the way WWE acted during the pandemic just pissed me off. like, I was, I was done. Like creatively, I was already kind of sick of them, and then they just acted like complete gay bags, and I was just done with them.
1: But man, you know, the, the bit that really finished me was when they went to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, all yeah. right, you
0: know. I mean, yeah, I was, I was. I kind of got the outrage over the Saudi Arabia thing. I mean, I mean, obviously, I completely got it. But then again, I mean, if you're going to judge wrestling companies on going to dodgy countries, I mean, yeah. it's not like the US or Britain have the best human rights record either, you know?
1: No, you're, yeah, you're, you're fair. No, I do see the point, but, like, WWE, as, like I said, the Triple H is my favorite wrestler of all time. Ah, um, oh, the, oh, there that, we go. So, that's, so right. that's what it is. So that's my bias. <laughs> I, I, I'm not defending WWE, but I'm like, Triple H is the best. Don't, don't hurt Triple H. Okay, you know? okay. Uh, like, we're we're going to have some interesting
0: conversations.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I'll give you right. So, So, my hatred of Cena comes from, uh, for example, this is how deep it goes. My hatred of Cena goes from when I went to my first WWE house show. So, obviously, you know, there was WWE and some of shows. My first WWE house show. Triple H was uh, against Cena for the belt and he didn't win. And even though I was a kid, and I knew it wasn't real, I still was like, oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> Just, so, And it never
0: went away. It never tempered. And can I ask then, at what age, so you say, even though I was a kid, I knew it wasn't real. Like, at what age did it click with you that something was off? Oh, we're wrestling.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. in general. Oh, yeah. Like, from the beginning when my dad was like, you know, it's fake, don't you? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And, yeah, but, you know, obviously, you know, as an eight-year-old, you don't put it together five, six, seven, eight year old, you don't really put it together. And then about 10 or 11, you're like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and then you start like, but I think there's, that, there's this magic moment, I think that like, when you realize it's not real, but you still have like an appreciation for it. And then I think that's how you, what usually happens is either you're like, oh, it's fake, I don't like it, or it's kids don't get rid of it, right? Or you grow this appreciation for it, where you're like, oh, well, it is fake, but like a movie. And then you're like, well, I like movies and here's the understanding I have for it. And that's kind of how I see wrestling now is like the best stage play ever, you know, that has all these kind yeah. of
0: great different elements to it. But yeah. What about you? When did you like, well, see, when did they I, kick with you? You're talking about being eight or nine. See, now I feel like the 20 year old who still believes in Santa. Cause right. um, I remember vividly. I remember arguing with my uncle um, during the 2000 Royal Rumble, because Channel Four showed the 2000 Royal Rumble, you and did, uh, it came on in the house. There was some party or some something going on in the house anyway, where people were there late at night. And my uncle kept saying Mick Mick Cactus Jack was stood there, just pissing blood, thumbtacks stuck in his head. And my uncle was going, he'd a few pints and going, oh, you know, there's a. Uh, a bottle of ketchup under the ring, and I'm going like, how would you even get the bottle of ketchup? From the fucking, oh, I mean, what the flippy? Sorry, what the flippy you talking about your gobshite. Um, so the fact that I couldn't, I couldn't connect how you'd even get the bottle of ketchup from under the ring made me go, God, it must be real. And yeah, like, I don't, i was 14 at that stage Well, see like
1: what was it okay so you're a little bit older than me then but like you know my dad was like from the get-go was like oh you know the you always throw the punches like if two people hit each other with that punch they'd be be dead i'm like oh yeah probably and this was before and then you actually see what happens when two lads punch each other properly you know yeah but the the problem was that i
0: knew the rules i knew a closed a closed fist punch was illegal
1: Yes, yes, yes. So yes,
0: that's, yeah, why, yeah. that's why that's yeah. why they're hitting each other like like that, because yeah. a close fist punch is illegal. It's Shut true. up, dad. It's real. <laughs> it's real. Yeah, no, but like I
1: think when people focus on certain things as well, it's like they don't focus on the you know the stuff that like does show how like fake it is, where it's just like okay, all these storylines are booked or oh, you know, whatever the finisher was a bit weak or something like that. They always focus on the cat the blood not being real or something like
0: yeah,
1: also also, what really kind of shared it around the same time, I and mean, we have talked about it on this channel and on the show. Do you remember wrestlers' greatest secrets revealed that used to play nonstop on Sky? Oh my, all God. the time.
0: <laughs> like, oh, all the time. I, I, I never saw it at the time. But what I did see was maybe it was OSW did it, but there was yes, some podcast did a, a piss take of that secrets of wrestling revealed. But like I say, it was it was years later
1: when I saw oh, it. Wow. Oh, no, man. Like, that's what I mean. That finished it for me completely because that would play nonstop because it used to be on Sky. Like, right. So, so it's, oh, a stunt, yeah. <laughs> it's a stunt granny. It's a
0: stunt granny.
1: The kid in the crowd. He's going to go home with a pizza. <laughs> it's, it's so good. So good. Um, but yeah, man, like th- that would be on all the time because what was it? um, is it, um Magician Secrets Revealed would be on as well. So they'd like do them. On yeah, it was the same company. Yeah. It was the same company. Yeah. So if you watch Sky <laughs> at like 11 o'clock after Star Trek, that would just come on and you're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> so yeah, from about 8 to 12, if you're wrestling, if you watch Sky, Sky One, and your relief in wrestling wasn't completely like exposed, no one was going to do it, you know.
0: But well, what, what I will say in my defense is though, even though I was 14 and probably too old to be thinking wrestling was real, if you're going to choose a match to try and convince me that it's fake cactus jack versus triple h at the royal rumble is yes. not the match to do it on no like, like, like if anything was going to be real it was that
1: they well, went to hell on each other here's one for you that i only found out last year about that match and that's probably one of the best matches of all time right in my mm, opinion yeah. i love it i love it and it, just, it gets better with age right but there's uh, there was a bit there's a thing on the network. It's like WWE originals or expose or something like that, right? Where they talk about a match, and there's a bit in it that I didn't actually notice until I go back and watch it, and I can't miss it now, right? You know where Cactus Jack does the, I like actually gets uh, suplexed onto the crate or tri- yeah. from Triple H, the crate yeah. goes, the crate breaks and it goes into Triple H's calf and starts to piss and blood. And I'm like, yeah. I never noticed that before. And he's yeah. like, yeah, apparently he didn't notice it either until he got back and he's like, oh man, what's that? It looked,
0: it looked like a bloody gunshot.
1: Oh, un- unbelievable. I was like, wow, I've watched this match 20 years and I've never noticed that
0: before. What, what, one of the other things about that, God, we've gotten so off course, but just, just hey, it's only, all right. it's all right, one sure. of the other things about that match that I got from reading Mick Foley's book is that when Mick was being hit with the barbed wire bat, it was real barbed wire. Yeah. Right. Because obviously he's McFonnie. He's a nut. Right. Triple H didn't want to be hit with the real barbed wire. So, what he got hit with was it was this back and it was barbed wire, but the barbed wire was soldered down. So, it wasn't spiky. It had been like melted down until, you know, wee dots or whatever. But it turned out that when you soldered it down, like it was so dense that it was worse getting hit with that, that, that busted him open worse than the actual barbed wire one
1: have <laughs> But that's the mass that made Triple H, you know, and I've been holding oh, yeah. off on I've been holding off on that one because Dave hasn't seen it. Um so when we didn't
0: seen the Royal Rumble. Rumble.
1: No, 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 no. So when we had our... Oh 1990- God, we got to do that. Oh, see, this is it. I'm, gonna, I, I'm glad you're on the show now because I think someone else who watched it at the time is going to have more, you know, appreciation for it as well. Because we got all the way up to uh, 1999, the end of 1999 with WWE. So I've been saving it because 2000 is just like an amazing year to do. So we are going to get there. <laughs> we are going to get there. So anyway, uh, back to WCW. Yes, sorry. Two yes. years before. <laughs> two years before. All right. So... Billy Kidman uh, defeated Rey Mysterio and Huvan Chu Guerrero in what was an okay, what was, was an okay match, with a very good opener. But the re- this was really to set up Eddie Guerrero. Now Eddie Guerrero was leader of the LWO, which was the uh, Latino. Latino. Uh, L- yeah, it was like the offshoot of the uh, the the World Order, the Latino World Order. Because at this point, again, for anyone who doesn't know. The New World Order had split, and it has loads of little splinter units. Uh, the, main, the main two being the red and the red and white uh, Hollywood,
0: Wolfpack pack, and the blue and the W Order and the L W yeah. Order and the
1: but the blue No Fat World Order, and the, I can't believe it's not the World Order. Well, the Blue W O was uh, ECW as a parody, oh, so. and that's and that's why they got away with it because it was a parody. Sorry, but here, here's no, here's the thing though, right? A weird thing that they actually introduced to show at, and I don't know if you caught it or not the superstars of WCW and NWO. So remember, they were trying to push them as two separate brands at this point as well. So uh, that's one thing that I think people forget as well, that like there wasn't just the WCW lads, there was the NWO lads as well. And yeah. this is one of the reasons why they said it got too messy because it kind of did. Because no, Thunder was supposed to be, our, sorry, the initial plan in into 1999 was the NWO were supposed to take over Nitro. And that was just yeah. to be its own show. And then WCW was supposed to be Thunder, which would have made sense. When you think about it, it's kind of exactly what WWE would do a couple of years later.
0: Yeah, except when WWE did it, they didn't have every single wrestler enter to the same bloody entrance music. <laughs> no, I did like the
1: fact that it was just a static television. And you had like a little paper. <laughs> yeah, cover. with the, the nail. <laughs> that was brilliant. Uh, that was really good. Um. Yeah. Okay. So Eddie Guerrero comes out, cuts a promo, and he's like, "Oh, how dare you! Can't be Billy Kidman. He's a, he's a so-and-so. And he's a girly man, and all that a, kind of A stuff. sissy. He did. They used that word. You wouldn't get that word nowadays. Yeah, uh,
0: I was sitting there going,
1: "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I thought he was going to use the other word, which we definitely wouldn't have been able to say on the radio." Oh, yeah.
0: I was. <laughs> I was waiting it was, for when, it when yeah. Eddie Guerrero when he said he's probably sitting back there right now getting ready for a date and I was going, oh, like, oh, please, no, don't please, was don't please don't <laughs> say it with <was> a man
1: please don't say it with a man and they're just like, right here we go, but I did like the fact that Billy Kidman then came out and he's like here, who's the you know, who's the, who's the real coward now, or who's the real sissy now you're going to beat me, and then they have a really good 11 minute match like a really good 11 minute match and Billy Kidman isn't the best wrestler in the world I know Dave is screaming because he hates him but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a good match but, well, hold on. Why, why does Dave hate Billy Kidman
1: oh because of the shooting, star, the shooting star press and then something got to do with uh...
0: he's brilliant at
1: the shooting star press yeah but there's some other reason I think it's got to do with um, one of the cruiserweights Dave they... can't do a shooting star press well there's lore there so they, Dave has to be here to defend himself so next week we'll find oh, no. lore why he hates I'm, Billy I'm, Kidman.
0: I'm going to convict, convict Dave in absentia <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh there we go um but yeah, Billy Kim defends the belt. I do love the Cruiserweight belt, man. I'm a belt mark, and I think it looks
0: great. Class. In uh, fact, one of the and maybe I only appreciate it now because of the era we're living in. But all the belts and I don't want to sound like I'm just ragging on WWE, but all the belts look like belts. Yeah, and uh, every single belt in WWE, well, maybe apart from the women's tag, is dog shit. Yeah, no, that's fair. They all uh, look terrible. The world titles just look like, like corporate trademarks. Like it, it, it doesn't look like a world title. You know, it doesn't look like, like you're on, the uh, champion of the world. It looks like you are the person we have designated to lead the brand. On the one, well, that's exactly what it is. Well, that's, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it is. But I don't want but... I don't want to know that. I want to be lied
1: to. I want to be lied to on the one hand oh man that should be a t-shirt that should be like a t-shirt for this the wrestling rewind I want to be lied to <laughs> L- <laughs> lie to me
0: Roman lie to me
1: Roman like, on the one hand I understand why he did it because it's like it's an easy way to kind of have everybody kind of the same but then everybody's the same and it's like if everybody's the same no one's special and like the cruiserweight belt it looks it doesn't look as impressive as the, the world belt but then it's not well, it supposed shouldn't. to be yeah it's like it makes sense you know but no i totally agree with you man like i would like first thing in the morning if i was given the book WWE, i'm like right all actually it's the first thing i do on on 2k games get rid of all those belts and replace them with the attitude air belts i'm like oh here we go we have the european champion again Bye. <laughs> you know
0: i am a, a self self admitted self-proclaimed proclaimed W AEW Mark, even though I, I hate when wrestling fans call other wrestling fans marks, it's cringy. Yeah, but it's... um, but the best belt of all time is the uh the Winged Eagle. It's beautiful. Okay. I like I
1: like the the nineteen ninety nine belt. You know the, the so big... it's
0: it's amazing, but it has the bigger globe.
1: It has a bigger globe. The one that's rounder. Had, yeah, yeah, the one that Triple H held all the time. That's my favorite one.
0: Ah, well, that's why.
1: I know, it's not even on purpose though It just kind okay. of is um, I didn't even realise that's probably Until now, but
0: that's the one I like that's But, but I like. the point is at least They all look like like They all look like yeah. championship Champions. titles You know, like He's not the WWE Universal mm-hmm. He's the, the world heavyweight champion You yeah. know it's, I mean, like This whole thing is based on The suspension of disbelief it's yeah. based on, I know it's fake, just for, for two hours every Wednesday, make me forget it's fake. And when you make the belts a corporate brand, it's hard to forget that. But when you make it this gold, ornate thing that you know that the wrestlers really covet, like you genuinely buy into it. Like I genuinely, at the end of this match, thought Kidman wants, Kidman's going to fight for his life to keep that belt. And that's the feeling he got, even though it's like the lowest rung it could
1: possibly get, it still felt important. And that's carried through as well throughout the night when Jericho with Conan as well. All Jericho's whole thing is that he, you know, it's brilliant. But like, you know, there is something to be said for for that, you know, and I, I, I know why WWE do it. I just, my hope is when they get bought, someone who likes wrestling is like here look
0: we gotta we gotta fix this because this is just I think the terrible. only the only person with the money to buy a wrestling company who likes wrestling is called Tony Khan and he already bought a wrestling company
1: that's fair that's fair well maybe someone at Disney who has sense and wants to make money
0: <laughs> <laughs> but before we move off this yeah. what I will say about this match is because I, I made notes I'm taking this seriously I have my notes too <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> uh Firstly, I know you you were saying you, you thought the initial triple tap was only okay. Yeah. I thought it was great, right? Really great. What spots did you like? What well, were the um, spots? For you. Okay, so so but but not just because of the spots. So obviously there were several great spots. It was a fantastic uh, Kidman uh, DDT thing where where uh, Rey Mysterio uh, fired hoventoed up and yes,
1: that was unreal. But, but there was loads of them.
0: There was yeah. like maybe. Maybe eight, eight or ten of them. But, the end it was kind of
1: flat though, don't you think?
0: A, a little bit, but it had to serve the story. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. But,
0: so. What I liked more than the actual spots was that this was a real triple threat. Yep, so yeah. you see a triple threat nowadays, and what a triple threat nowadays is throw one guy out, two guys do their thing.
1: You have a single oh, One guy out, yep.
0: two guys mm-hmm. do their thing. This... Ninety percent of this was three guys in the ring going at each other, and it wasn't all perfect, but I really appreciated that. I really like that. That's a good point. Um, it's, it's, it's it's traditional
1: um, WCW calling card to to truage dance though, because yeah. like you know they don't in WWE as you said it's it's a singles match until it's not, and then some guy lies down for five minutes.
0: Yeah, some, some some guy who like last week jumped out of. You know, jumped up after two F fives. Now you you throw him out of the ring, and he's out for ten minutes. Like yep. it's ridiculous. Know. But yep. this, I thought, re- was a, a genuine triple threat. And maybe it wasn't perfect, but the fact that it was a genuine triple threat really impressed me, and I really like that. Um, the other thing I would say about it is, and this isn't just about this match. This goes the whole way through the card. Was I would say every other match, maybe more than every other match, had a low blow. Maybe more than every other match had a ref bump. Maybe more than every other match had an interference. And by the time we got to the main event, it was just.
1: Yeah. 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 Let's, yeah. um, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll yeah. Get okay. There. okay. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I I think for what they were trying to do with this one, it made a lot of sense. Uh, it was a good opener. The Eddie Guerrero matches, it seems like they actually wanted to get to fair play for Kidman for rest of 25 minutes. Yeah, pretty good, pretty impressive. 40, then, 40 minutes
0: by the time the thing was over. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. 40 minutes. <laughs> sorry, I looked at the time there. I mean, um, like, genuinely, like, I know there was like a, a break in the middle and all that, but I, well, I checked the time when the thing was over and I was like, this guy has been going at it for like, as, as someone who's, I mean, I'm no super athlete, but as someone who knows, you can get blown up like you wouldn't believe in like an eight minute match. Right. Like, I don't even know how you'd go. I remember, I remember the first time I ever wrestled a, a 10 minute match, and it was only in training. And I rolled out of the ring and I dropped my hands and knees and I thought, well, this is this is it this is this is how and where i die my heart is going to explode <laughs> okay. i'm going to vomit my own spleen up and then i'm going to die here in a shed in cork so kidman won 40 minutes was <sighs> astonishing
1: and then and then like not only finishing the match but finishing the match with a suit and start press which i didn't expect
0: oh it's like it's like third one the, the only thing i would ask is that but well, not ask but the uh, sort of observation is I thought it was only WWE who did this thing where they take people with full names and then reduce them down to one Yeah, you
1: know, Kidman.
0: Billy, Billy Kidman and Hoventoot Guerrero and they were going Hoventoot and Kidman and I was like oh I thought this yep. was a new thing.
1: Wow. No 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's as old as time <laughs>
0: yeah. and not in a good way. Because who'd like Billy
1: Kidman? But Kidman. Kidman, yeah, we can put down a shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Eddie Guerrero obviously was very upset with, uh, you know, it wasn't his night. He was defeated by Billy Kidman as well. And then we go on to where the show kind of died for three matches. But it's all right. Norma Smiley had a, ma- had, had a match. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he defeated he uh, Prince Lakata. Lakado. Like. That is Locado. I don't know. Ikeo, yeah.
0: Lakea? I
1: I wrote it down phonetically it down. four or five times as well. Right, go on. How, how did you say it? Ikeo, Lakeo, Okay, Prince Lakao in a twelve-minute match where
0: no one had a good time. But here's what annoyed me is that this match, the next match, and the match after were lengthy matches. Yes. And then, no and then Jericho and Conan were on fire and they went, what, but four minutes? And I'm sitting there going, why couldn't you cut one of this other nonsense and give these two amazing wrestlers like 20 minutes? See, the Norman match,
1: I think, was just a complete cooldown spot. Like, the whole thing was just a full cooldown 12 minutes, right? Yeah,
0: go for a piss.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was full-on cooldown because they, they knew. And, you know, it makes sense. Like, they didn't have a Divas division, so they couldn't do that, right? And they respected... The, the cruiserweights to, to go, so yeah. it kind of made sense that you had these guys. Now, what would happen in 1999 was you'd start getting your hardcore matches around here now to kind of ah, yeah. put it in. So, this is what we're looking at we're looking at this weird middle card that doesn't really exist because there's no one in there yet who's any good, who's any decent Um, but yeah, so not- I was thinking when
0: I was watching it, I was like, I mean, this is a perfectly serviceable television match. But is there some storyline or something I'm missing? Like, why is this happening on, like, Starcade is WCW's WrestleMania? Like, absolutely. Yeah. So, why is this thing, the? It's, it's, it was fine. Like, there was not, nothing bad in it. It was just, it was just nothing.
1: Yeah. Um, was just, like, the, you know, and you'll see it now next year, Starcade when you have more kind of to get more kind of... And it was funny, there's no real stipulations in this either. There's only stipulations at the end in the main event. These three matches probably would have benefited from a
0: stipulation of some point. Yeah. Some Something just to make them... Pop, although, I'll tell you what. So over the next few matches, I have a few points to make that are not about the matches. They're just my personal um, experiences or uh, memories. But what I can tell you about Normal Smiley is that he traveled with a briefcase in which was a plate, a hot plate and several pre-made dinners because he had this thing about eating every several hours. And the only reason I know that is because whenever I was a teenager, one of the local shops got WCW magazine in for no reason. And for some reason of all the important stuff that I can never remember norman smiley's eating habits have stuck in my brain
1: that is so bizarre Uh, but i love it (laughs) that's brilliant
0: i I don't know why i'd be in work every day and i can't remember what was said to me in the zoom call yesterday but i remember norman smiley and his eating habits
1: (laughs) i'm sure he appreciates all the same i i have to say i did see a great norman smiley match i know that's a weird sentence to say so a great enormous Smiley match in WWE of all things, because that's where he got like a second life. Remember WWE? Actually, we'll do a WWE show in the future here. Uh, remember Excellent. like before TNA was TNA, and it was like half WWE. Oh yeah, and, and,
0: and like he's, he's a really good wrestler. Like oh yeah, and, like I love submission wrestlers. Like he's great. Like I I have no complaints about him or his talent. And Prince Aikido or whatever, he was not great. But, um, right now yeah. like my my issue with the match is that it was just it's a pay per view. It was just there for no reason. And, and it was it was
1: the same with Perry Saturn who defeated Er, er, er uh, Ernest Miller. Like it was like why is this match happening? Like it's they don't even show a video package. To be fair to WWE, right? When they did this in the archie Era, they'd have some reason for it. It'd be stupid, but it would be something. Even nowadays, when they have this. There'd be a video package where, like, oh, on Raw they had. We, let's go back to Raw last week where they, this happened, and it's so stupid. But you're like, okay, it makes sense. But this is like, here's a match. You're like,
0: what? Yes. <laughs> what? But, but, so this is where the whole thing, like, that was a fire opener. Forty yeah. minutes up, and I'm sitting going, why were people giving out about WCW in the nineties? This is awesome. Yeah. And then I found out why. Man, these yeah. next three matches. Even if it was only 30, 40 minutes, man, it was a slog. It was a two-hour and 40-minute pay-per-view, and two hours of it flew by, and these 40 minutes were dragged. Out. Yeah.
1: And like the worst part about it is no commentary on Earth can serve it because there's nothing they can talk about except for what's going on in the ring, and what's going on in the ring just does not matter. Like yeah. The tour the to these matches with, oh, oh, God, yeah, it's Brian Adams and Scott Norton are chronic on are they're 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 so bad you forget how bad they are. Um, and Finley, and they're there Finley and Jerry Jerry Flynn. You're like, who is Jerry Lynn? And you're like, okay,
0: you know, fine. And, and the, Nine minutes if, I'm sure we'll like we'll get to that match, but not jump ahead, but what really annoyed me with that is if you let Finlay go, he can effing go. I mean. His WCW matches with William Regal are amazing, and it's just
1: look two was, lads battering each other. But look who he's in the ring with—he's in the ring with two guys who are fundamentally terrible. Yeah, what's he gonna do? They were like, remember they were Power Plant because WCW had their own like performance center, which was the Power Plant, and these guys are directly from it, and you can see <laughs> how. It felt. Have you
0: uh, have you ever seen when uh, Louis through goes to the Power Plant? I haven't. Oh my god, man! Whenever this is over, go on uh, BBC, either on the app or the website, and look up Louis Theroux's Weird Weekends. And on one of his Weird Weekends, he becomes a wrestler. Oh, man. Amazing.
1: I'm going to watch that. We won't even even do a little uh, review of that down down the line, because that sounds great.
0: We we actually should, because I've watched it four or five times. It never gets
1: old. Roy, I'll watch that we, we, Actually we, we, If we don't do it next week, We could do the week after I think that sounds like A fun idea um, Oh man But yeah So look uh, Well I don't want to just Gloss over these three matches But uh, I feel like we should Do you have anything that well, do you have uh, any, any points yeah, To say well, that we watch I,
0: I'll tell you what I, I I completely agree with you Because it's a total slump In the whole show But I have a few points About each of them So what I'll do is I'll just run through Run through the points um, yeah. In the middle of these Nothing matches We got a Scott Hall promo it was pretty Oh cool. yeah I totally forgot about that That
1: was yeah, a really good was, promo Yeah It was really genuine And really honest But it sets uh, up what happens At the end of the night as well Really well It's like it's just, Because he was a heel and it, but not really because they're all kind of weird tweeners. And when he comes in, you're like, oh man, you feel sorry for him, and then it sets up great. Yeah, you're
0: right, right. I forgot about that. Yeah, but what, what got me most, and again, this is one of these personal things I was talking about earlier. What got me most about it was that he was talking about his personal demons and how mm. in and out of the ring this hadn't been the best year from um, a couple of years ago, he came to Cork to do like a Q&A session, and I uh, drove him around. I got to pick him up at the airport and drive oh. around Cork and drop him off at the at the show. And we did the show. And then I took him from something to eat and took him back to his airport uh, to his hotel and all. And he was he was great, crack. He was the nicest guy. He was stoned the whole time. I was shitting myself because I'm I'm driving around Cork and this guy is sitting in the car, like smoking a joint, blowing it out the window. And I'm like I mean, if, if we get pulled over by the guards uh, uh, yeah, know. Know. Um, But overall, I just I, I thought that promo was brilliant uh, What I got again Oh my god Perry Saturn is so underrated He's a fantastic wrestler yes, And they stuck in With the cat <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, You can see why he left you can really see what these guys left in about a year, well, but uh, but that's actually part part of what I was going to say. But um, the whole thing with the cat is it's that real infuriating. Um, I love comedy wrestling, but he he's he's not he's not proper comedy wrestling. He everything takes too long. You know, they go for a ring and then he rolls out of the ring and then he walks around the ring, but not for ten seconds. He walks around for like a minute. Yeah. And I'm sitting watching it going, Why am I watching this And why am I watching this When Perry Saturn Is a fantastic wrestler And, uh, and like you said He went off then With, with the Radicals The WWE and I, Or WBF at the time And I was just thinking Man He's a great wrestler And of all the Radicals oh God he went to WBF And he still got done dirty Like he just <laughs> He's this great wrestler Who just never got his chance he did save someone though. He did save a woman for being sexually assaulted
1: by Val Venus or in real life. No, in real life, he was like homeless for a while, and then like he just would be like a vigilante. He just like he's like moonlight. He just Jesus. go around and like defend women. Yeah, what a legend.
0: Well, that's even more of a reason he shouldn't have
1: been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he literally, just went off and became a vigilante for a little while. It's like, all
0: right, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so I love Perry Saturn and. Terrible match because he was stuck with the cat and he got done dirty when he went with the radicals. And then on the the last boring match was the tag match. Um I'm, the only thing I have to say, but it already said, like, you know, Finlay, if you put him in a proper match, he's amazing and his stuff at Regal is brilliant. But oh my god, we got the most out of his entire career, we got the most. Boring version of Brian Adams He used to be Crush He was Chronic He was the Kiss Demon Any of those would have been better Than Brian Adams Well see look
1: If you had of If you had of given these guys a reason to feud If it had him been something unlo- The tag belts even At least when WWE do something stupid like this They have tag belts They didn't It literally was just like Here's a match you With know the tag, were
0: the tag belts defended on the show at any stage no they weren't like yeah there you go like why Ugh. like that's the thing it,
1: this is their wrestlemania again for context starcade is their biggest show of the year there are no other equals for them it's their wrestlemania and as he said like those three matches seem like thunder matches
0: oh thunder no? and, a, and, a, and a bad thunder
1: on a bad thunder, <laughs> wouldn't that you skip because you're in the pub or something you know oh, jesus thunder's gone down hell <laughs> <laughs> yes. but look we don't know what was going well we have an idea of what was going on backstage but what would happen a lot of the time here is these shows would be rewritten as they're going on so oh. you know i didn't get to that point yet but you can see the cracks forming with this as well and this was kind of like the end of um Nitro supremacy and WCW supremacy, it would start like swat switching to WWE very, very fast. I yeah. think this was like a couple of weeks after McFoley had won the belt. So they were really getting really hurting from that raw where he won the belt. And uh, obviously it was like, Oh, we're gonna that's gonna put some butts in glasses the glasses
0: seat. and seats. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah, was... Shavoni didn't didn't want to say that at all, but, but...
1: no, 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 no. But yeah. look, here's the thing. This would make sense because what would happen next month, the Royal Rumble where McFarland is the champion. So it, it does kind of line up, you know? Um, Okay. So Conan and Chris Jericho now Jericho.
0: Now I we're know, taking yeah, off.
1: Yeah, man, this is where it completely clicked back into gear and it was, it didn't stop until the end. Jericho with Rolfus, which I wish he brought back to the WWE, but he didn't, it was, it was a missed opportunity. I think he should have done that. Um, Oh, it was so good. I, I his promo skills were brilliant. I love his shirt. I really want that shirt that he was wearing. JPS. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. Um I, oh man, absolutely on fire. I forgot how it's been so long since I've seen Conan not in a wheelchair or on crutches that I forgot how good he actually was in the ring. because oh. no way, like he was with LAX for ages and TNA and he was always in crutches. So it's been so long since I've seen him actually in a ring. But, but
0: do you, do you have the timings? Do you have the uh, timeline? The, the time limit for each of these matches? Yeah. Okay. So this was like seven twenty-seven. This is what I mean. Yeah. I mean, throw like give the cat and Norman Smiley, give them a payday and send them home, and yeah. give this twenty minutes. Like I I couldn't understand this. Well, like this. The, the biggest problem with these with, with this pay
1: per view as a whole, other than that, is that these weren't definitive, there was no definitive end to these feuds, they just carried on. If anything, <laughs> they would set up the rest of the feud, like um, Nash and Goldberg that feud continued on for months, yeah. And the same with Conan and Jericho, it just didn't end. They were like, uh, from good. Uh, Call me silly or whatever, but I I believe that big matches should always end feuds at big pay per views.
0: I'm telling you, man. I don't want to keep harping on about it, but you got to start watching AEW. Listen, the whole whole point of having four big shows a year is that that's when stuff gets sorted out. I'll tell you what.
1: we will watch it because we're doing the show and you're on the show and you're advocating for it. But I'm gonna to have to like invent like a Cody blocker, like ad blocks, so he comes up with blocks the screen. <laughs> and if I can get that, then we'll be fine. I'll, I'll Cody's awesome. He what's, showed your, up
0: with what's
1: your problem with Cody? If he didn't do what he did to the throne, it would be fine.
0: But he had I, to I don't believe him. I don't believe it's about the throne. I I think, <laughs> I, think, I think I think Cody slept with your girlfriend or something. No, no no, her, no, no. It sounds no. very personal.
1: As I said, I hated John Cena for years because of what happened. And I'm like, you know, don't mess around with Triple H and it would be grand. You know, he's the best wrestler ever. I give him all the belts. Um, but yeah, man, but, I don't know. Right. This was a great
0: match, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought it served longer. I get what you're saying, why, why it didn't have it. But at uh, least it was for a belt. At least it was for the television title. Yeah. and And one thing that made me love this match was... I didn't get the Walls of Jericho. I the got Iron the Tamer. Lion Tamer. Yeah, and there man. is no effing comparison between the two. Proper oh, full God. in with the knee and everything. Yeah. Oh, the Lion Tamer. I don't know why he doesn't do it more in AEW. He, he did it in the Cody match last year. And it was- we have the wasted generation.
1: Please. You have nothing else to do on a Saturday? Do you like nerd things? Now so check out Nerd to Know Bases here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5pm to 6pm, and then head over to nerdnomedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.
0: did it in the Cody match last year, and it was amazing. The Lion Tamer is a thing of beauty. Yeah. The Walls of Jericho is a guy you know, squatting over a public toilet because he doesn't want to put his arse on it. I have to say, though, right, Jericho is
1: just like, look, Jericho's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time as well, despite the fact that his band still has me blocked on Twitter for some reason because I gave them a bad review that one time. So it's funny. That's true, by the way. That's true. I checked you day and I'm still what was blog. the bad
0: review pre Judas?
1: Yeah, it was. It was on yeah. the album that only had a uh, that only had like. Because I, I was a big Fuzzy fan for years, and then I was excited to review their new album, and it was the one that only had like the, the ABBA cover was the best song on it, and my review was the end of it. If the best song on your track is an album is an ABBA cover you're doing it wrong
0: <laughs> and, you, you, the best song on your album is an album cover you better at least be ABBA
1: yeah well that was it and I was just like <laughs> oh well and then I went to review the show and when I was promoting it I saw it was blocked. so despite that I'm still a big fan of Jericho um, but yeah man like uh, well the great thing about all the different stages of Jericho is he adds something to the repertoire and you've kind of seen that like when he came to WWE this was very much the Jericho that arrived to WWE and as far as like his moveset, I agree with you, the Wall of Jericho was quite lame compared to the line taper, but I will say it was worth it for the Cold Breaker because Cold Breaker is oh
0: yeah spectacular. And I actually even love the um the uh what does he call it? The spinning back out of what he does now. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the Judas. I it. The Judas, Judas effect. effect. That's oh it. yeah, it's very I think cool. it's fantastic. Like he he pulls it out of nowhere, and when he does it, like it... It's one of those moves. The whole thing about wrestling isn't really even in the move; it's in the cell. And yeah. everyone sells the Judas effect, and because of that, like, it looks. and it's, it's it's up like, there with the bloody one winged eagle.
1: But it's like the RKO as well, where it's just like it just comes out of nowhere, and then they sell it, and it's like, holy, yeah. you know.
0: Well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna see that later yes, on in this.
1: We will indeed. So yeah, Jericho was defeated sadly by Conan, and I was like, ah. Oh, but then again, it makes sense because you know Jericho was kind of actually. So uh, they allude to it where he would show up and it, he, he did his whole conspiracy angle where he would show up outside the White House and go, "It's a conspiracy." And that's actually a really fun thing if you haven't seen it. It's on yeah, YouTube. But like, he, he was only able to do this kind of stuff because nobody cared about him. He was just there, like was just exactly there stuff.
0: Yeah, it's all. It's almost like if you take. Like uh, like sitcom writers and everything out of it, and just leave wrestlers to decide what their own characters would do. It's almost like that turns into a really good wrestling promotion.
1: Uh, or if you just hire people who have watched wrestling,
0: yeah, you get the same thing. <laughs>
1: like exactly. your woman who they hired, and they, she doesn't even know who the wrestlers are called. It's like that's probably going to be a bad.
0: That's probably going to be a bad product. You know? imagine, imagine hiring me to write the reboot of Battlestar Galactica, and I'd never seen Battlestar Galactica. Like, just... Yep. Yep. Look, it,
1: it it makes sense, right? But WWE makes no sense. As I said, we can hold out for when Disney buy them, right? That's that's what we're, we're hoping for.
0: I, I genuinely am heartened by the fact that you think being bought by Disney will make it better. Okay, well, it, Marvel.
1: It worked for Marvel, didn't work for Star Wars. But Dave Filoni is going to take over Star Wars, so it might. It might. I mean, it
0: dep- It depends what you mean work for Marvel. I mean, yes. They made a lot of money, but they made a lot of money because they made the same film 23 times. Fair. But Loki's pretty good, though. <laughs> Loki's a good show. <laughs> Loki's I, a good show. I've heard that. I haven't watched it yet. I've heard it's really good. And what yeah, I will say good. is that I have very much been enjoying uh, Modoc or Modoc or M O D. I heard that's good. i heard that's good as well, yeah. Really surprising. I was putting it on one night just to have some background on in the background, yeah. And ended up watching like six or seven
1: episodes in a row. Really good. So this is the thing, you know, it's like when when it's when it's in safe hands, it has room to breathe. The WDB has no room to breathe now. And that's the problem because it's just all
0: the stuff, all the stuff. And you're like, no. Yeah. Let it well, breathe. This is, you know? it, like this is what I was saying earlier about, about this starkade, that it, it it didn't look like a big professional operation, but it looked like a fight night. And yes. Part of the reason—I mean, I have a whole load of reasons for hating WWE—but part of the reason I can't watch them is because it's so overproduced. It's so overpolished. The um, the commentary is so <laughs> it's
1: rigid bad. and yeah, it's and so bad
0: predetermined. So bad. The the visuals, it, the whole thing looks like like a computer game. It looks like plastic, shiny plastic. N- nothing about current wwe makes me think oh this looks like i'm watching a fight mm-hmm. yeah you know? and then well, well, obviously well, the camera cuts every 0.7 seconds give me seasickness
1: well one thing oh, that helps yeah. this as well is the the black ropes the uh, even the way the refs are dressed i think helps as well but yeah. they look like they're boxing it kind of it captures that because you know wrestling looks like wrestling but wcw always had that grittier feel as you said and it, it it is helped by having you know bruce buffer there and by having just i don't know i think just the overproduction wdb always wins on production i think like certain things they do they've always done well the grittier feel they had in the actually there was a nice mess of it wcw could have benefited from video packages it could have benefited oh, from yeah. music and yeah, it could have you- better benefit yeah, and it could have benefited from a little bit of a sheen, but that's it. And no one has really kind of captured it yet. Impact actually pretty, is pretty close to it. Impact's done a good job of, of
0: that now. But, um, and I think AW. You know, you... Do you know, I only, I only got into Impact because of Kenny Omega and New Japan. I've, I've always loved New Japan, but I only watched the big shows because obviously there's a language barrier there. So yeah. when this pandemic ends, I am really looking forward to watching Impact with Crowds and New Japan Strong with Crowds cuz I, I, I tell I,
1: you I, you know you, you 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 need to get in touch with uh, James Truepenny and and he'll, he'll he's your man for everything uh, for everything Japanese wrestling we'll hook you up on this with the Truepenny network he he'll he'll uh, he'll get you on a show and he'll teach you New Japan <laughs> he'll teach
0: you New Japan like you wouldn't believe but, but, but yeah, New Japan's amazing. But like the, the whole point is that New Japan Strong is an English-speaking weekly episodic uh, show. And I was so excited when I saw that and I got into it. And they just have nobody, like not even other wrestlers at Ringside cheering on.
1: Oh, really? And just, yeah. it does, it takes it's,
0: it's like Impact.
1: Impact has nobody there. But what I will say about Impact, the difference between Impact is, I think it works for them quite well. As far as like, it's the great leveler. It doesn't make them look like a bargain basement. It just kind of makes them look like everything else. I think they benefited most from the, the yeah. the, 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 the pandemic, you know. But uh, there's there's a lot to be said for video packages and music and wrestling, in my opinion. Like, oh. you think it's oh. stupid until
0: until it's not there, and you're like, oh, oh it's, it's missing. You know, but Baltimore, ha- like. Not okay, maybe not half of the reason because he's already very popular, but a good percentage of the reason everybody loves Jungle Boy is because of
1: Baltimore. Yep. But even with uh you know Jericho's now with his uh with his Judas, like people love to sing it, you know. It's like some stuff is just made to for crowds. And wrestling specifically does that, you know. But look, I I, one one thing I I I do miss is everything looking a little bit unique and WWE doesn't look unique at all but at least AEW does yes
0: and I'll tell you what and AEW does and I love that but it doesn't look as unique as it could because for all the problems WCW had WCW pay-per-views had like uniquely built physical not like 3D rendered yeah physical sets every time like Halloween I did I had to
1: say though
0: oh they were amazing Uh,
1: the uh, like i i hog Hog wild was fun with the the things
0: around
1: (laughs) but halloween havoc was cool at the beach was good i have to say i agree with you i know where you're i know where you're going and actually i I forgot to bring this up were you a little disappointed with the shitty sets that they had for this
0: it looked kind of cheap yeah because it was starcade yeah and it wasn't it wasn't starcade from when WCW was doing okay. It was Starkade from the height. The this was the when peak. they were beating WWF. Yeah. Like, I expected them to, I mean, given all the money that they spunked on everything else, <laughs> like, I can't, like, yeah, the set was, it, it yes, took it me a wee while to clock that the video, that the, the big screen that they had when people were walking out. Um, So, when the first couple of guys walked out, it was literally just their name and it would like, Move around. I thought, oh, maybe that's just that guy's video. Maybe he's not very good. And then I was watching that Chris Jericho come out, and his name was just going around. And then DDP came out, and his name was just going around. I said, this is not like you're beating WWF. You're on top of the world. This is well, see, your apex.
1: Well, see, that was that was storyline because when you see it more when. NWO did their own pay per view. It was like a knock at www at um, WCW guys. So when NWO was in control of the match or the championship, they would be able to dictate how, yeah. how it was like. So it's it's an in story thing that makes sense. But when oh, you man. watch it twenty years later, you're like, this is stupid because it makes it look really lame. But well, then actually, to achieve the purpose.
0: Yeah. Well, then do you know what? You're right there because I, I was actually watching this and in particular. The, during the slump we were talking about, yeah. I was wondering maybe may, maybe it's just me. Maybe these are really hot matches at the time, and there's just a load of stuff I'm missing out on Nitro that it would explain all this. So again, like you say, there's a reason for it. But when you watch the show in isolation, you don't you don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. and look, um, I, you know, I I do believe that. Fair enough, people could say, oh well, that's why you watch a whole lot, but. If you watch some of the best pay per views of all time or the best shows of all time, you're just supposed to be able to drop in and then watch it. Like You can hand WrestleMania 17 to anybody. Yeah. And they'll love it. Can I ask?
0: (coughs) Yeah, sorry. No, bless you. Are we live or recorded? We're recorded. Can I go for a whiz? Absolutely. I'll pause this here. Oh, God. I'm bloody
1: Uh... dead. All right. So the next match that we're going to look at is a weird one. It's a seven-minute... Which is far longer than I thought it would be. A seven-minute match with Eric Bischoff defeating uh, Rick Flair, a returning Rick Flair because he was away for a little while. An Eric Bischoff that looks completely different than any Eric Bischoff you would ever see normally. Um, this was the this was the the end of King, king Eric because remember this is when he'd uh, come out on top of the motorcycle, claiming that he was king of the world. And uh, this was when he was starting to get beaten by WWE. What did you think about this whole feud as a as a whole, man? Okay, so.
0: The promo package, amazing. Eric Bischoff is a fantastic wrestling character. Okay. He is a dreadful wrestler, but he is a fantastic wrestling character. Uh, So, every, do you know what? Actually, this match was perfect pro wrestling because it was all build, it was all getting ready, it was all, and the actual delivery, the actual match didn't matter that much because he kind of knew that Eric Bischoff wasn't going to produce much But the, um, so the build was fantastic the promo was amazing they got into the match and because you already didn't expect much the match was actually decent I mean in terms of like if Eric Bischoff was a wrestler and you're looking at it as a match I mean you're talking about two stars but because of the story because of the background it was, it, was a, it was a perfectly fine match. It, it did something much better than WWE did years later. So whenever Bret Hart finally came back to WWE, he had that match where he beat the living shite out of uh, Vince McMahon with a chair. Yeah. He beat him too much. He beat him yeah. to the point where even though Bret was the wrong party, he actually started feeling bad for Vince. Yeah. What happened with this was they measured that perfect and that Flair hammered Bishop. Uh, and the other thing I would say about this match is that when Ric Flair blades, he, he leaves blade no that. mistakes. He yeah. sticks it well in there. There was a scene where um, after he cut himself where um, Eric kicked him and his, his head turned around. And it was like the money shot at the end of a porno. It just spurted across the ring. It was grotesque. It was, it was amazing. But that's when,
1: you know, you add a bit of color to the match. It, it, it does a lot of the storytelling for you. You know, like, even, even though this, like, that's what we're talking about in this match. A match which actually had Low blows, a rake of run ins, and then a kind of screwy finish still was very, very satisfying to see. Yeah, but It was cool. You know, I look, I, I didn't expect much from it for the reasons that you outlined, but you know, Ric Flair at this time again, it's weird kind of going back. This isn't the Ric Flair that's rolling around in the ring with Hogan in Australia bleeding all over the place. This is yeah. Ric Flair. You Know still somewhat of his prime, you know, so it was cool. Yeah, so there we
0: go. I'll tell you what, though, but like this was the, the Conan Jericho match was the uh the breakwater point. Like, yeah. after this, the rest of this pay per view is brilliant. Oh, I'm now, maybe it's like nobody would say that's a five star match, but it's no. the story, it's the build, it's the blood, it's everything else. Like, and like, it was t- and it was timed well as well. It was, oh, yeah, it, it didn't work. Brilliant. It didn't overstay it. Nobody wanted to see Ric Flair and Bischoff go 20 minutes. Like this was fantastic. Oh sorry, uh, go on ahead.
1: Sorry, rare Kurt Henning started as well. It was it was sad to see
0: him. Yeah. My heart broke. I know. Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect SummerSlam, still one of my top five matches ever. Um so it was it was hard seeing that. Yeah, okay, I don't, don't cry no, for me. No, um, right, sorry. <laughs> but uh yeah. great match. And um, yeah, it was just, it was, but this, this is why I'm so annoyed, is that this was a, I know I said it already, this was a two hour and 45 minute pay-per-view that was B, and this could have been a two hour A plus pay-per-view.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but that said, right, I really like DDP. I think DDP is great. You know, one of the one of the best WCW, pure WCW guys. In a match with the Giant, who obviously is Paul White, who obviously is the big show, literally like two months away from the debut with the WWE, which is weird. Um, I don't have good things to say about this match. I don't necessarily have bad things to say about this match. I'm more just kind of like, geez, you can see why he wanted to leave. You know, there's there's not really much more you can really do with Paulway. And you know, when we kind of go back in time even more, you'll see that um the, the giant's time was really four or five years ago. Uh so he was just kind of there in the aftermath. What were your thoughts on this match overall? Like the giant did kind of kill him for a while until he was able to get the break, and then the diamond cutter came out of nowhere to get the fin. So
0: I'm 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 kind of conflicted because I actually, I agree with a lot of what you're saying about the giant, but at the same time as agreeing with you, I also feel you're being slightly uh, ungenerous. Maybe. Um, the giant is possibly the biggest missed opportunity in wrestling. When you look at, at, at these matches, when he was just this murderer, like, he could have been huge and i'm not saying he was i mean he was the big show like bigger than i'll ever be but um when he was the giant he was he was basically andre but able to move able to jump around the ring and do like his potential was limitless and i feel he was just uh mismanaged by two different companies um Less uh, WWE. I think he was given a bit more of a run in the entry. Oh, he used to do bloody moonsaults and everything in WCW.
1: Yeah, it just went down when, when like, in the middle of August, nineteen ninety nine. this kind of when he starts seeing the real kind of rot set in with the big show.
0: And and it, and the worst thing is is that that's something that followed him around for his whole career. Yeah. Is that you never you never actually ever got to a point where you know, the big show would come out in a, on, a, on a big moment or a big pay-per-view. He never got to the point where you actually thought he was going to win or he was going to make a real change. He was always the big guy that was that was there to be beaten. I mean, fair play to him. I mean, that's a hell of a career. I'd love to have it. I just think, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this huge guy, I'm looking at his ability to move, and I'm thinking, oh, he could have been, you know, something. But What's amazing about this is you start
1: to see some of those things that we said, uh, and and the end of this match where he's going for the choke slam into the diamond cutter, you can see that compared to Andre, where that would never happen because Andre couldn't move, the Big Show would be able to get into these spots where that's actually a pretty cool way to end the match. Mm. But again, it's 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 not like this was the eight match between the two, it wasn't necessarily a blow off, but it kind of was because he was getting ready to leave. But at the end of it, I was still just kind of like, oh. It's a little
0: bit flat, isn't it? Well, I, I, maybe I'm misreading this, but I, I disagree. I thought this was a great match. I, I didn't think it was a technically great match, but I forgot how over WW uh, DDP was. Yeah, he is. DDP huge. was so in 1998. He was so over, and they did that package about uh, you know Bret Hart running out, and I have a whole other thing to say about that. but about Bret Hart running out and hitting him and The giant, like, chokeslamming them through the stage and DDP coming back. I mean, DDP came out, and this audience that had been uh, just sleepered by by the previous, well, obviously not the previous matches, but by three pretty dreadful matches in a row, they really came alive when DDP came out. And um, he didn't even have to do much, like, Like, the different moves he did were great. Whenever DDP got his fire back was great. But what really hit me about how much this audience loves DDP was when the giant spat his uh, chewing gum at DDP. And it was like, ooh, boo. And then DDP spat back at him, and the place just exploded.
1: Here's one for you. Here's one for you. Do you think... If they had a scattered these matches out where you had DDP, you had Jericho in the in, in the middle of the those three matches, and then you had DDP in the middle, and then you had the tag match before the main event. Do you think that would have been better or worse for the pay-per-view as a whole? Like get all the garbage out of the way to cool out of the way or to have them spaced in so you can yeah. cool everyone down.
0: I don't know. I I, I honestly i not i I'm not a promoter. I don't know what the science behind it is. I can see the logic behind both. I can see the logic behind let's get all the shite out of the way. But then again, if you're a promoter, why oh, would you have shite in the first place? Right, get rid of the shite. Just give <laughs> Jericho and Conan twenty minutes. You know, um, you know, get get rid of Finlay and Flynn and NWO, and just give us Finlay and someone he can beat the snap out of. Um, So with that said, it's not for me to sit here 25 years later with no pressure on me and decide how WCW should have have been booked. All I can say is that this was a good pay-per-view that was potentially an amazing pay-per-view.
1: So with that said, we have to get to the most controversial thing and sadly what this pay-per-view is known for. Uh and i I would agree with you. I think it's 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 unfortunate that it is known as it's known for this. So it's known for the match where uh Goldberg's streak was ended. It's where he lost the belt uh to Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash will win the WCW belt. Um this ended 174 winning streak, despite it actually being 130 100, 173, and a lot of them wouldn't matter, but you know. Uh, allegedly, it is 174, even though it actually is 173. Um, And it's the end of this obviously came after a whole bunch of uh, run-ins. Disco Inferno was there, which was weird. Bam Bam Bigelow came out. And then mm-hmm. Scott Hall, after an amazing promo in the middle of the night, shows up wearing like a security guard shirt, the yellow skirt, and then like hits him with a stone gun. Nash hits the jackknife. One, two, three. That's it. So, look... The match itself, I was actually I was taken aback by how good the match actually was for Goldberg and Kevin Ash. but then yeah. again, it was twenty something years ago, you know. Um, but then, when the ending does happen, it's it. You can see why people are upset. You can still why it. it still has that legacy. How did it affect you? Like, do you think this dampened the pay view at all? Do you like the ending? What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so
0: the first thing is that these are two guys who are not used to going. 15 20 minutes, these are two the guys who might finish their matches in a couple of minutes. Um, I think they did well for what they were charged with doing. Um, yeah. I actually don't mind the uh cattle prod ending, I think, because how else are you going to beat Goldberg? I just thought it was a massive, massive wasted opportunity and an awful lack of foresight because, like, in kayfabe, Goldberg had this 174 streak. I mean, that's a huge thing. And, like, that could have been, like, an amazing handoff for the next generation of baby faces. You know, someone came in and, like, clean beat Goldberg. I mean, like, that's... You're talking about a guy being set for life there. The fact that they wasted it on... Kevin Nash and a uh, cattle prod gimmick, which was good. I actually liked the cattle prod gimmick, uh, you know, because heels got a steal. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just don't think it was right for, for Goldberg's first loss. For his first loss, I think he should have dropped, he, he should have put over like a really good, earnest, up and coming uh, baby face. Uh, And again, I'm sitting here acting like I'm a bloody booker. I didn't have to deal with any stuff that was going on in the real time. Uh, So, if we're just talking about the match, I made some notes here about the match. Um, In like enormous big fight, field. Like, absolutely. Oh, like, yeah. um, Like, this huge. This match, if these two lads had to come out and tickled each other, this match couldn't fail. Like oh, the setup was so perfect, um, you know. The, you got the intros. You could actually noticed that even Goldberg's uh, intro pyro was so big that it actually filled the entire stadium with smoke. And if you watch the match, there's like a haze around the whole crowd from Goldberg's smoke. And it actually, kind of did, it kind of broke my heart a wee bit because Goldberg's uh, intro pyro. Was louder than the um, AEW deathmatch explosion, which really upset me.
1: <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. The wounds never heal from that show.
0: <laughs> uh, what have we got here? Uh, yeah, brilliant. Like, again, they did not have to have a brilliant match. Everton was set up for them. All they had to have was a competent match. All they had to have was not a terrible match. And they did that. They had a great showing. Uh, at one stage, Goldberg grabs like a leg lock or an ankle lock on Kevin Nash, and it made me think of when he does that on the Undertaker in Saudi Arabia. And um, your man, the Stoner, tweets, uh, "Great leg lock, bro." <laughs> but uh, was, uh, honestly, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't fault this. Uh, it wasn't the best wrestling match in the world. But as a wrestling performance, as a spectacle, as a main event, this was brilliant. And like, I get people who are don't like the ending. How is he going to kill Goldberg? Bloody Scott Hall jumps up in his event staff shirt and hits him with a cattle prod. I mean, like I say, I would have rather. The first Goldberg loss went to a real baby face, but if it couldn't go that way, this was pretty good. Here's one for
1: you you know, they, they probably didn't, but they totally should have. With the with the, with the action figures, should have released a Scott Hall place of this where he's in his event shirt. I'd buy that with a cattle prod, that would be fun. Yeah, it was a <laughs> to but you know but what? Okay. I want them to do
0: is to release an AEW deathmatch ring that is
1: actually electrified. Or you just put the sparklers in it so it's like real life. The sparklers you get down the <laughs> uh, uh, Okay, I, I, I,
0: I know we're on the different thing. I'll only take two seconds to say this. Go on. But that broke my heart. Oh, man. That was set up so... Oh, the man, match man. was amazing. The setup was incredible. Eddie Kingston running out and covering him up. My heart was ready to break and then and and instead
1: of breaking my heart just farted yeah oh man yeah no it's hopefully the next one will be better but here's here's another thing that's going to break your heart or retroactively break your heart 20 years ago so look as good as this show was i think it's safe to say we'll give it like a a b plus show or whatever like a, a b minus maybe um Okay, so here's how, Here's what happened after the show. So, remember, this was like... I think it was the 28th or the 26th of November. I think it was the 28th of November. Uh, oh, sorry, December. So, it was literally like just after Christmas. January 4th. Nitro. Nash was supposed to schedule... or schedule to face Goldberg. Instead, Goldberg was arrested, right? So, who does he face? Hogan. A returning Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Who... Is this the... Yeah, so he oh, so he, so he was on leave because he was running for president. Apparently, at this point in time, right?
0: Mm.
1: And then a Finger Poker Doom happened, and the reunion of the New World Order, and that sets up everything from 1999, ladies and gentlemen. That sets up that's the full context for what we're going to be doing going forward with this run. So, holy cow! Even though the show was pretty good, had its moments. The worst elements of this moment seem to go into
0: high gear now from nineteen ninety nine. So this this podcast can from now on be called the free fall of WCW.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Twenty two years in the making or something. Like Twenty one years in the making or something.
0: I think. B- before we go off off air or yeah. off whatever the equivalent of air is nowadays, uh, one thing that got me was the. Um, the uh, interference of Bret Hart in the DDP uh, giant match. Yeah, like I said, huge Bret Hart guy, and I I honestly think that there is a program or series of programs to be made out of uh, Bret Hart and WCW because they had like when when he went to WCW, they were already winning, and they had in their hand just the perfect instrument to put wwf down to win the war forever and they just it's like it's like somebody handed them a nuclear weapon and instead of priming it they you know used it as a coffee table it's and you and yeah, I are, and you know what, I I'm kind
1: of I'm kind of glad that you brought it up because there are certain things that I want to track when we are watching WCW at this time, and one of them, believe it or not, was actually Brahart, because there are these questions like who were the big missed opportunities. Well, obviously yeah. we're going to be seeing the context of you know Jericho and the radicals yeah. leaving, but then there's also people who may have jumped back over. So like Jer- Jeff Jarrett being one, uh, Brahart being there, and there are things that we're going to watch and we're going to see. So absolutely, man, like. I you know, a well, series I, of pro- in, we, instead in, of a series of programs, I think uh, you know, the big points of when it happened are, are even in pay-per-view. So, you know, let, let's dig
0: deep. Let's look. Well, I think in, in, in terms of the in all of wrestling, the two biggest missed opportunities in wrestling are one, the the the, uh, the invasion. I mean that was yeah. just, oh my god, don't even but two is is Bret Hart of WCW. WCW could have won the war if they had used him properly and they didn't.
1: And just- well, look, I, I did eight, I, a couple of years ago, I did eight hours of programming on the invasion. Uh, that's on the network. So I'm not going to go back to that anytime soon. But, <laughs> but I will be more than happy. I think David more than happy so to go through the Brer stuff because I don't think anyone else has done that. But the invasion stuff, I will find, I will post and people can enjoy because there's eight hours of programming on the innovation. so I'll watch that I'll um, watch
0: that and then I'll come on next week and, and give you 16 hours of why I oh, think
1: you're man. on oh man <laughs> maybe we'll get back to it if there's an appetite guys let us know, to know media at gmail.com or you can comment underneath the video you can comment on our social media you can tweet me at rwv you can also tweet Dave at D Dave stevens. and Martin have you got a Twitter that you want to use or are you happy enough just to, to go <clears throat> on as get on
0: have I have Twitter? I don't. I mean, just at Crooked Jack. I don't know. I don't have it and off for you if you follow me, um, but you, if you want, you I might. Uh, I might. Uh, I might occasionally say something funny, but mostly uh, uh, I'm just kind of a miserable old bollocks.
1: Well, there you go. If you if you want to uh, send your comments about what Marina said, do tweet them as well.
0: But. Uh, well, Mart- can I, can I say something just before we go? Because I know you're doing Absolutely. your... I know you. we're at the, <clears throat> the point of the show where you go, oh, do you to promote? And obviously just because I'm an individual agent, I don't have anything to promote. So what I will say in lieu of having anything to promote is, even if you're not an AW fan, even if you don't watch it, um, this week at the end of the show, they did a three-minute kind of video package of... Um, all the mass- matches that have happened in Daly's place so it's basically a pandemic um, right. and it's it's fantastic it's genuinely heartbreaking it's um it's more than wrestling like you're watching it and it's like uh it really tracks what what people have gone through over the last 18 months in terms of isolation and making the best of what, they've got and all that right. um, so yeah so what i have to promote this week is you don't have to watch the whole uh, dynamite but if you go on youtube and watch the dynamite tribute to um Daily's place it's it's genuinely wonderful and i say that to you dara as well you, you gotta watch that
1: i will I'll give, I'll give it a watch i definitely will give it a watch um because it's that sounds pretty cool now to be fair yeah. As I said, I'm not an AEW an AW fan, but a lot has happened there, and they have had those big moments, so it would be pretty
0: cool to watch that. Can you do me a favor? Will you yes. message me after you watch it? I will, I will. You, you promise now? I'll, I promise, if, I promise. If you if, don't, I'll come on here next week, and I'll tell everyone that you're a frigging liar. liar. No, that's, <laughs>
1: that's fair, that's fair. I, I, I will, I know. I'll, I'll even give comments on it next week as well. Yeah, uh, what I'm going to do. do.
0: When this is over, I'm going to send you the link.
1: Please, please. I'm sorry, i have no excuse but that'll be my homework for this week um guys we are doing a social media upgrade as well so we're going to kind of be going through that and sorting as well so we'll have those links as well but the best way to get in contact with us is subscribe the Wrestling to our to our youtube channel our socials are there as well so for dave stevens for my brilliant host uh martin Herody, i'm o'connor we will talk to you next week here Boa. On. I think we're on bye guys the you have nothing else to do on a saturday do you like nerd things now so check out nerd to know basis here on phoenix 92.5 fm 5pm to 6pm and then head over to nerd for all of our shows as part of the nerd to know media radio network thank you for listening to a nerd to know media production